Change by Greg Van Eekout. My ex-wife tells me on the phone that she thinks she saw a kid in her yard last night. She's got a lot of stuff in the shed that's worth money, like her boyfriend's tools and some nice bikes. And she's always going on about how her neighbors are coming over to steal stuff. It couldn't have been a kid, I say. Maybe that old guy from across the street? He's pretty small. I'm encouraging her, I know, but it's possible it was that old guy. I once caught him peeping into the dining room window, and when I confronted him, he said he thought he smelled gas. That was when Steph and I were still together. I know how an old man moves, Steph says. I know how a kid moves. This was a kid. In the past, I would have tried to humor her, which I thought was doing the right thing. Now I know it was part of my honesty problem. Since I stopped doing that, Steph and I are getting along better than we ever did when we were married. It can't be a kid, I say again. It was. How good a look at him did you get? Was the porch light on? No, the bulb burned out last weekend. They sell bulbs at the hardware store. I know, but it's too high for me to reach. Too high for her, but not too high for her boyfriend, Tom. They sell ladders at the hardware store, too. Anyway, so it was dark, right? Moon bright, just like in the birds. I know what she's referring to. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's on the tip of both our tongues. Blackbird, I offer. No, wait, that's a Beatles song. The feeling of both of us trying to solve it, reaching for something like that together, is both nicely familiar and a little sad. No. Oh, Mockingbird. To kill a Mockingbird? Right, moon bright, like to kill a Mockingbird. Okay, okay, so you really saw a kid. Really, really saw one. Because if you actually saw a kid, you should probably call someone. I did, Steph says, but nobody will believe me because, you know, it can't be a kid. Well, it's not likely. You have to admit that. When's the last time anyone saw a kid? Maybe it wasn't the old guy across the street, but it could have been another person, a small person. Is anything missing? No, nothing I noticed. You guys really should put a better lock on the shed. Hell, I might steal Tom's tools myself if you keep tempting me. Steph sighs. Might as well. It's not like he ever uses them. This is the kind of remark that always brings up an awkward moment. I don't want to dump on Tom because I don't want to do anything to add friction to their relationship. And I don't think Steph and Tom really have a problem about him not making use of his tools. I think stuff like this is more a way for Steph to express her feelings about me. She doesn't want to say she still has feelings for me, so she does it by criticizing Tom. It's half nice, but mostly it's awkward and painful. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Steph. Are you going to stay up all night watching to see if the kid comes back? I'm sure he'll come back, Steph says. It was Scotty. Oh. Scotty was our son. He caught the sickness late. For a while there, we thought he might not catch it at all, but once he did, he changed, just like all the other kids. Okay, I get what this is all about. Tom wants to borrow my shotgun. I can almost hear Steph fidget over the phone. Is that all right? I mean, it'd only be for a few nights, just in case, Scotty. It's fine, I tell her. I'm out of shells, though. He'll have to get some. No problem, Steph says. I can get shells during my lunch hour. I really appreciate it. The relief in her voice makes me glad I can do something for her. You want to come to my place for the gun, I say? Or should I drop it off after work? Either way, it's the same to me. I'll come get it. My mom sent some banana loaf. I saved one for you so I can bring it by. When Steph and I broke up after Scotty and the thing with all the kids, I figured the world was over. 
I figure it would always be too hard and painful, and she'd be out of my life. But years later, Steph and I are really getting along. Enough time goes by, and people can change. This has been a Podcastle miniature. Every month, Podcastle brings you reprints from other magazines, the stories that we think are the best of the best. As we mentioned earlier, this month we decided to change things up a bit. Rather than bring you stories we picked, we decided to let the editors of other magazines choose their favorite stories from their publications so that we could bring them to you. Today's offering comes from the semi-prozine Ideomancer, which publishes poetry, fiction, and has a special category for flash fiction, which they define as being under 500 words. Their past issues have featured prestigious contributors such as Tim Pratt, Megan McCarran, Hannah Bowen, Amanda Downham, and Sarah Monette. Ideomancer says that folks who tell stories are often stranger than fiction, such as 34-year-old Marcel Proust, having locked himself into a soundproof room for the rest of his life, as well as stories about Yukio Mishima, Leo Tolstoy, and Ambrose Bierce, which you'll have to go to their website to read. What does all this doom and gloom and strangeness have to do with Ideomancer? They want, in some small way, to illuminate the geography of the imagination. They want to grope for its borders, its elevations, and contours. They'll do this by sharing the jewels they stumble across along the way, tossing these beacons up into the digital firmament. The better to see each other with. Ideomancer enjoys traditional formats, but also seeks out fiction that subverts, refutes, and pushes the limits. They are especially interested in non-traditional formats such as hyperfiction and work that explores the boundaries not just of its situation, but of Internet as page. Change comes from one such piece, a collaborative flash venture called 23 Small Disasters, which features 23 interlinking flash pieces written by authors Benjamin Rosenbaum, Christopher Barzak, Elliot Haber, Greg Van Eekout, Kini Iburo Salam, whose debris from this series will be appearing at Podcastle soon, Megan McCarran, and Tim Pratt. If you'd like to check out the rest of 23 Small Disasters or any of the other fiction published by Ideomancer, visit their website at ideomancer.com. Change was written by Podcastle favorite Greg Van Eekow. Greg's published a couple to a few dozen stories in places like Asimov's Fantasy and Science Fiction, Strange Horizons, Several Years Best Collections, and all three Escape Artist Fiction podcasts. He lives near the beach in San Diego. His first novel, Norse Code, a contemporary fantasy about Ragnarok, wayward gods, magic swords that make their bearers puke, unpleasant relatives, and epic fights with giant monsters was released in May from Bantam Spectra. He has a new book available now for pre-order called Kid vs. Squid. Really, what else do you need to know about it? It's available for pre-order at Amazon.com. Change was read for you by a voice probably all too familiar these days at PodCastle, me, Dave Thompson. The less said about myself, at least by me, probably the better.